Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber. Jonathan Mason, and I want to welcome you back into the pastor's office. Can you believe it is already the third Sunday in May? Time's running a little bit too fast for me. Can I tell you why time's running a little bit too fast? Because October is my 50th birthday, and I need the days to slow down. I don't want an AARP card. Uh, I don't want anybody to tell me that I'm, 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 I'm moving into the area of being a senior citizen. I'm not looking for all of that, so can we please slow these days down? All right, I'm just joking. I'm actually thankful for every day that the Lord gives me. Uh, so I don't want to sound ungrateful, Lord. I am not ungrateful. I promise you. Uh, but but nonetheless, it's the third Sunday in May. Memorial Day is creeping up on us really, really soon. Uh, and, you know, that's the official start to the summer. Uh, so I'm encouraging everybody uh, to just spend time with your family this summer. After coming off of two years of a pandemic, Man, take this time to just, man, I'm taking my boys. We're going everywhere. And guess what? We're going to go in the car. So we really have bonding time. Uh, So listen, don't take a day for granted. And really, 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 uh, please, please cherish some time with your family, the ones you love. We got a great show today. And I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned because in the second half of our show, we're going to be talking to attorney Bakari Sellers about an issue that you need to hear about. Do you remember the MOVE fire? The bombing, May 13th, 1985? Do you know that there are remains of two of the young ladies that died in that fire that have never been returned to the family? As a matter of fact, they're being used by the University of Pennsylvania, or they've been used over these years by the University of Pennsylvania, as a display. Students have written papers about these remains. You, you got to hear Attorney Sellers talk about this, so don't you dare listen. But we want to start off today's show by talking about something we all need to be interested in. We all need to be interested in owning homes, owning properties. Let me tell you something. I'm not knocking rent. When I came out of school, I rented for an awful long time. As a matter of fact, when I was in school, I rented for many years. But do you know that when you're renting, you get no benefit from that rent other than you have a place to live? There's no long-term benefit. You're making the owner of that property rich. But when you own a home, you get credit for the interest that you pay. You get credit for the taxes that you pay when you file each year. But more importantly, as you pay off that home, you're helping to build generational wealth. 
How do you think so many other ethnic groups, so many other groups of people have been able to pass on wealth to their families? They've done it by passing on property. We need to really push home ownership in our community. And so I wanted to talk about that today because Philadelphia actually has a very, very strong first-time homebuyers program. And I want to bring on one of their partners. Uh, I want to bring on Mr. Abraham Pardo, who's the director of housing for the Urban League of Philadelphia. Uh, so we can talk about this program and hopefully address questions that you might have and help you find out more information on how to get engaged and how to figure out how you can qualify uh, to be a first-time homeowner. Uh, Mr. Abraham Reyes Pardo, welcome into the pastor's office, sir. How are you this afternoon? Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very good. Thank you for the invitation, Reverend. Thank listen, you so much. Listen, we're happy to have you, but I got to first ask this question. Uh, I know the CEO of the Urban League very well, uh, Mr. Moriel, Mark Moriel. Actually, our kids uh, went to the same uh, elementary school. I think they're still going to the same elementary school. Uh, are you a member of Alpha Phi Alpha like your, your, like your CEO? Because I'm a Sigma, and if that's the case, we got to have a conversation <laughs> first. Help me out here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I welcome all all, all, all groups, and, and <laughs> let, let me just say that I have no affiliation. All right, uh, I, I'm a member of, of of the group of love. All right, all right, <laughs> then we're okay. Every time I see him, we uh, we have that debate uh, over uh, Greek letter organizations. But man, listen, it's great to have you uh, in the pastor's office. Now, first, help me understand the connection. Uh, the city has a first time home buyers program, and we're going to talk about it. But talk to me about how the Urban League is connected to the program. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Urban League of Philadelphia, along with other housing counseling organizations around the city, are are recipients of, of funds through the Division of Housing and Community Development. We have uh, the city is currently relying on us to uh, disseminate information about the program and to help prospective applicants to uh, submit their applications. One of the conditions uh, or one of the first eligibility requirements that participants or prospective participants are supposed to complete is actually meeting with one of the housing counseling agencies, participating housing counseling agencies before signing an agreement of sale. So uh, we want to catch them early. We want to talk about fair housing, foreclosure prevention, uh, predatory lending, etc. Many other items that we typically touch during these counseling sessions. And then, uh, as part of the session, we will also be conducting an assessment in terms of their eligibility for that grant offered by the city. So you're giving a 360 education process because that, that's one of the most important things. You know what I found in, in, in talking to individuals and encouraging them to become homeowners? Uh, uh, they Many people disqualify themselves. Correct. Many people disqualify. I don't have the credit score. Uh, I don't have enough money for the deposit. Uh, I, 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 I won't be. A, uh, talk to us a little bit about how you help folk understand that. You know what? Stop taking yourself out of the game because there's probably a place right. for you in the lineup. Correct. And, and you raise a very good and a very valid point. Many people disqualify themselves before they are before they even get to. 
uh, talk to a lender or a realtor about their options, their home ownership options, talk to a housing counselor. So uh, you said it very right. We It's a 360 approach. We are helping folks. Uh, we're, we get educated about the home buying process. We provide one-on-one support or, or support in a one-on-one basis. And then we also uh, connect you with resources. As outside of the program offered by the City of Philadelphia, there are other programs that are available to provide assistance with the cost of uh, the, the, some of the closing costs and down payment. So really, uh, the, the approach, the way I always, I jokingly advertise our program with our clients is come for the money, stay for the education, mm, right? Okay. So we, we want to keep you motivated. We, wanna, we want you to know that there are options, including options that the Urban League of Philadelphia offers. We're one of the only housing counseling agencies that offers its own grant and down payment assistance program. But we need to talk, we need to tell you and talk to you about matters of fair housing and, 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 and also to help you understand how your own financial profile uh, exists in the context of, of this home ownership universe. Um, um, some folks might be buying a house um, for the first time or might be the first person in their family to buy a home. We understand and know that a lot of these behaviors are learned. So if you have never had anyone in your family who own a home before you, chances are that you're this, this is very unfamiliar territory and you need a little bit of help. And it is okay to need help. We That's why we're here. So, so three things I want to kind of deal with as we attempt to give some education and then help people engage with your organization. Uh, one is qualifications to purchase, right? Right. Two is predatory lending because that's, 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 that's key. Uh, and then yeah. the third piece is, you know, timeline, timeline. To, you know, when I bought my first house, man, I, I, I was overwhelmed by paperwork and I had nobody to help me, you Correct. know, so I want to help, I want to help potential mm-hmm. first time home buyers, you know, uh, understand how they can possibly streamline uh, or what to expect rather. So let's let's go back and start with qualifications because again that's where some people automatically disqualify themselves. Talk about minimum credit scores, minimum amount for deposits, and help that folk can get uh, in order to to make those deposits and, and cover closing costs. Correct. So just in general, at this time, um, there is uh, I will say that the average credit score that some mortgage lenders are looking for is in the 620s. Mm-hmm. Uh, different lenders have and, and different banks have different overlays, so some of them might be able to do um, something with that. Um, um, what I always remind my clients is that there is a correlation or a direct correlation between your FICO score and the interest rate that you are receiving. So, uh, so that that is also to encourage them to work on their credit, to pay attention to their credit, and, and, and work on it. Sometimes, working on it for a couple of months will be paying off in the long term. When you think about it, these transactions on average will be locked in for 30 years. So, there it makes a huge difference having a 5% interest rate versus a 6% interest rate. You will be saving yourself some money over the life of the loan. Right. So, um, in terms of deposits, there are different kinds of loans and different kinds of requirements. Um, the minimum down payment that most um, that 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 some of the loans will require is a three percent. FHA is a three point five percent, and then from there, there are other conventional products that might be doing three percent, five percent. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And uh, of course, always trying to avoid the subject of, of mortgage insurance, which right. will be an added 
uh, cost on um, depending on the type of loan. Again, um, it might be in place for the life of the loan unless you refinance. So that probably has surprised a couple people. First of all, right. recap, 620 credit score, right? A lot of right. people say, if I have a 620, I got a bad credit score. It, 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 you know what? A 620 is, is on the low end of average. It's Correct. on the low end of average. Uh, and then here's the other piece, 3% down. Most people will think, well, I got to have 20% or 10%. Now, if you want a lower more monthly mortgage payment, yeah, pay as much of a deposit as you can. But what we're talking about is opening the door to ownership. And Correct. if that access point is 3% and that's what you can do, at least get in the door, Get in the door because mm-hmm. eventually you can always look to refinance your mortgage when things get better for you financially. So I wanted to make sure we were clear on that for our listeners. Secondly, talk to us a little bit about predatory lending and fair housing. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's always a great subject to discuss. And, and during our, our first-time homebuyer webinars taking place every Saturday, we, we we take a moment to go in detail about some fair housing uh, items. Uh, we are a HUD-approved housing counseling agency, so that means that we are furthering the fair housing agenda at any given time with every single activity that we are performing. Uh, needless to say that all of the services that we provide are free, so we do not have, we're not financially invested on any of these transactions. We're really acting in good faith trying to keep your, your our clients' best interest at stake. So um, with that, um, we want to make sure that you are applying for the types of products that you qualify for and that the lenders or, or the mortgage companies that you're working with are offering those products to you. There have been a few instances when when we have identified some of our clients um, entering or receiving or being offered, if you want to call it that, more expensive products than what they should be qualifying for. Uh, And we want them to weigh their options. And the way to do that is by uh, doing your research uh, getting some coaching, getting some referrals, and then contacting, uh, having having different uh, opinions, if you want to call it that, uh, in order for you to make an informed decision about it and just settle for whatever option someone may, may be offering because it, they made it seem like that's the only option that you can qualify for. And again, always keeping in mind that your financial profile will have a will will have a lot of weight on the type of mortgage, the type of product that you uh, you can apply and you can receive. It is fair to say that that if some folks are 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 trying to work on their credit and they can and they can barely get to that 620 and maybe there are not a lot of assets, maybe the employment history is okay, may but they're in a, in a situation where they have to move out and they they have to go for whatever mortgage they can access well uh, that's a fair characterization of, of of some situations but if you're in no rush and you have been working on your credit and you have some assets and you have a very solid employment history then you should be able to choose from one or two different products you're listening to Philly's Favorite 100.7 FM and 99.5 HD3. We're talking to Abraham Reyes-Pardo, uh, who is the director of housing for the Philadelphia Urban League. We're talking about first-time home buying and a program uh, that the Urban League is working on in partnership with the city of Philadelphia. And by the way, don't you dare leave this show. You need to hear the second half of the show today uh, when we talk to Bakari Sellers about the move bombing 
and remains that have never been returned to the family. Don't leave. Stay tuned. You want to hear this interview. Uh, Mr. Reyes, talk to us about the process. That's one thing that intimidates some people uh, when they've never been through the home buying process before. Now, I'm going to tell you straight up, if you're listening and you've never bought a home, yes, there's going to be some stuff that stresses you out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let me just say it on the front end of the situation from somebody who, listen, I've purchased many homes and properties and businesses, and every time I get stressed out. So there are some stressors, Mm -hmm. but I think what what we're trying to say is you got help on the journey. Uh, So talk to us a little bit about the process, what folk will expect, and kind of timelines from the time you say, yes, I want to buy a home, to actually stepping into your first home and getting the keys. Yeah, you you bring up a a very important reality of this process. It's going to be stressful, and you're going to be exposed to concepts and and ideas and terms that you have never heard of, and you're going to have intense contact with your loan officer and your realtor and your title company for 45, 60 days, and then that's it. You're on your own. You're a homeowner, and what what are you doing next, right? That's right. So that that process um, is going to look different for for each one of us. Uh, I always remind my clients that this is we're we're not all the same therefore our circumstances are not the same our background is not the same therefore this process might be looking a little bit different for for each one of us um but an average uh, the, the, what we recommend for anyone who is about to buy a house regardless of of your financial background or profile is to attend counseling uh we're just one of many housing counseling agencies not only around that are available not only around Philadelphia but around the country uh, a housing counselor can help you again determine uh, or map your financial profile and then um, just or guide you in terms of the options. The very first step um, that that will happen once um, again once the recommended counseling has taken place is you will be talking to one or two or three different mortgage companies about your options in terms of getting pre-approved. Then once you are pre-approved, you might have already connected with a realtor that will help you find a house or a real estate agent. Uh, with that pre-approval, you will then connect with that real, reconnect with that real estate agent, and you will go find your dream home. You will put an offer on the house. The offer will get accepted. The house will get inspected and appraised, and then you go to closing. Right? It all sounds very simple. <laughs> that process yeah, can take between. 45, I would say in some cases up to 90 days. Um, the market has been crazy for the past two years in Philadelphia. Philadelphia yeah. has, has seen a lot of activity. So, But, but people are still buying homes. That's right. Homes are still available. And affordable homes are still a possibility in Philadelphia, which is not true in a lot of some of the comparative markets like Boston or New York. People on, on living on fixed incomes are still being able to buy homes in Philadelphia, which is something very important and, and, and impossible in other in in some of the comparative markets. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a seller's market right now, okay. uh, which means which really again highlights the point that you got to be educated uh, mm-hmm. because one, you know, I, I'll never forget uh, when I first bought a home, I got into a bidding war. Listen, Mm -hmm. listen, stop attaching yourself. Don't attach yourself to one property. There are others out there. Mm 
Don't get into a bidding war and pay more than you need to pay uh, for a property. That causes problems later on down the line. Uh, but, yeah. but again, that's why the Urban League is here to help you to answer those type of questions, to take you through that type of counseling. Do me a favor. Why don't you share with our listeners how they can find out more information about this grant uh, from Philadelphia of $10,000 yeah. uh, and right. how they can get engaged to, to get more education about the home buying process. So um, the city of Philadelphia has created and updated a beautiful website that is under PHDC, which is the uh, city's nonprofit handling some aspects of the application process. Most of the eligibility requirements are posted on that website. Some of the, I'm going to say the most basic eligibility requirements are posted on that website. Uh, probably the biggest piece is that this is an income-driven program, and the, and the program looks at household income using a formula that also in, that has to do also with um, number of, of family members. And I'm going to pause here and remind everyone who's listening that there is a big difference in the way you understand your household composition and the program will look at your household composition, right? So before you uh, you get ideas about how many people live in your household and how much money is coming in, turns out that you, again, before you disqualify yourself uh, for the program, it might be best that you consult with a housing counseling agency to learn more about how your household composition and gross yearly income plays out in, in the context of this program. There are some, um, the program, the, the, the website addresses some other information having to do with the piece about counseling before signing the agreement of sale and the fact that this program is available to first-time homebuyers. Um, there are some um, information that you will find about through the um, through the housing counseling agencies, uh, or once you met with a housing counselor, like the like the 15-year lien that will be placed um, um, as a silent lien. So that means that if you stay in the house for 15 years, uh, you won't even know that, that that lien is there, and then it will be released. Uh, there are some uh, debt-to-income ratio eligibility requirements. Um, there are some other items that, that we will need additional information to assess. Uh, but, but going back to your question, um, the website, um, uh, Philly First Home, on their PHDC, and, and I, I'm sorry that I don't give you the URL, but it's a pretty long URL, um, will have most of the information available about the program. And if you have any, if anyone has any, any, any questions uh, in terms of their own scenario, you can always reach out to us, the Urban League of Philadelphia, or one of the participating agencies. Yeah, we'll put the uh, website on our social media platforms. Uh, just go to Philly's Favor on Facebook. Go to Philly's Favor on Instagram uh, so that you can just click that link and go right to the website. Uh, but again, take this interview and use it for what it's worth. If you have, have thought about buying a new home, being a first-time buyer, come on, let's get engaged. Let's do it. We need to start passing generational wealth uh, down to our children and to our grandchildren. And one of the best ways to do it is through property. Uh, Mr. Abraham Reyes Pardo, Urban League, thank you so much uh, for joining us in the pastor's office today. And we hope to talk to you again real soon. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Very happy to be here. God bless. And we'll be right back with Bakari Sellers after these commercial messages. Don't you dare go away.
Philly's favorite listeners, I, I, I got to share something with you. You know, I grew up, I always tell the story, I grew up uh, in Abington, Pennsylvania, uh, which is right outside of Philadelphia. Uh, but I was in Philadelphia, it seemed like almost every day, because my father pastored in Philadelphia. And so if you come from the old church uh, and and from the old black families, and all of y'all out there know what I'm talking about, uh, there was choir rehearsal on Tuesday, uh, Bible study on Wednesday, doctrine orientation class on Thursday, a joy night on, on Friday, and then three services on Sunday. So I call myself a Philadelphian. Anyway, here's why I share that, because I remember vividly. May 13th, 1985, uh, we were here at the church, uh, and we were fixated. My dad had an old box television in his office, and we were fixated on the television uh, because uh, for several days leading up to the 13th, uh, there was a story that had gripped Philadelphia, and it was the move story. The Africas, I remember this, uh, Wilson Good. Uh, was the mayor at the time, first black mayor of Philadelphia, uh, associate minister right now over at the First Baptist Church of Paschal, now called the Grace Church. Uh, and there was a lot of consternation around getting the Africas out of that house. They were barricaded inside. Uh, and those of you that are from Philadelphia, those of you that are old enough to remember there was a massive fire that was started as a result of decisions that the leadership of the city made at that time. A lot of people died. Pine Street, if I recall correctly, Philadelphia. And it is a story that has been synonymous with Philadelphia since the time it happened. It's a story that in many ways defined the good administration. Well, Guess what? If you've been following the news, you know that some of the remains uh, of individuals that died in that move fire have never been returned to the family. They've actually been on someone's shelf. They've been used in classes at UPenn. The family's been promised that these remains would be returned to them, but they still don't have them to be able to give their loved one, their loved ones, proper burial. I want to welcome back to the pastor's office a great attorney uh, that is representing the family. It's the Dotson family, and we'll talk more about them, but is representing the brother of the two young ladies that we're going to talk about during this interview. He's been in the pastor's office before, former state rep uh, out of South Carolina, CNN contributor, uh, one of the great voices of our community, uh, Attorney Bakari Sellers. Come on into the pastor's office. Well, I need it now more than ever. Thank you for welcoming me back into the pastor's office. No, it's our privilege. It's our honor. Uh, and and here's, here's where I got to start our conversation. We know you from CNN. We know you from the reputation that you've built uh, down in South Carolina. How did you end up representing a family in Philadelphia? So that's a good question. I got a phone call from a great lawyer, um, Daniel Hartstein, up in Philadelphia. 
and um, reaching out because of the work that we do on civil rights cases across the country. As you know, I represented the families in the Mother Emanuel case mm-hmm. um, against the Department of Justice and FBI, where we recovered $88 million after they were killed in uh, the church back in 2015. Uh, we represent the family of Andrew Brown in, in Elizabeth City, Jarvis Randall in, in Florida. I mean, unfortunately, there's so many that the, the list of names is long, and that's unfortunate. And I got this call about this interesting case, and it it literally is the most complicated complicated case that I've ever been a part of. And it's infuriating because um, not only are black people in this country unable to get the benefit of their humanity in life, they're not even able to rest in peace. Uh, and you, you said it best in your introduction after this bombing. Uh, the, the city of Philadelphia took, took ownership of these remains. And... Instead of turning them over to the family so that they could have a proper burial or whatever it may be, they actually um, gave the remains of these two young, or, or this one of them in particular, black girl, to the University of Pennsylvania. And the University of Pennsylvania trotted these remains around and just prostituted them and raised money off of them, even gave them the students to take home to do thesis papers on it. I mean, it's, it's one of the more absurd um, systemic racist issues I've ever seen. And now we still can't get the remains back until uh, the city of Philadelphia completes their investigation on the mishandling thereof. And, you know, here we are again on another May 13th anniversary. And the question asked, um, you know, when, when is when is Lionel Dotson going to actually be able to put his family to rest? You, you know, I, 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 Lionel Dotson, I saw him on television and he made this statement, man, and it it hit me. It was one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation. He said, I never got to grow up with my sisters. I never got to grow up with my sisters. The city of Philadelphia took them from me, and I'll never forgive them for that. So so, so he's mourning twice. He's, he, had, he had to grow up without his sisters from 1975, 1985 on, rather. And now they won't give the remains back. Now, you said this is one of the more complicated or most complicated cases that you've ever had. Help me understand why this is not open and shut. It's not open and shut because of the length of time that's taken place between 85 and today. Um, It's not open and shut because the injustices that are committed. You have a city and you have the University of Pennsylvania. So you don't have individuals who... I don't have as many resources to fight this as possible. It's not open and shut because it was, a, 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 you know, the Africa family, although we're, we're not represented thereof, and it was the move bombing, and we know the stigma that comes from that. Lionel is very clear that we don't represent the Africa family, um, and we refer to these young ladies as last name Dots, and we're very clear about that. Um, but it, just the, the amount of time, the different entities, the resources they're going to use to fight this, uh, the way they're going to try to hide the ball. I mean, we stood in front of City Hall just a couple of weeks ago, and it's and it's daunting because here I have one young man who lives in North Carolina who's trying to get the remains of his family back. When he when we came in from the hotel to City Hall, he literally rode by the medical examiner's office, and he could you know his his sister's remains were right in there, but he couldn't go get them, and. He just wasn't able to be born with him. He has an entire family now, and it's just one of the most sad, troublesome systems, and it's like the city doesn't care. Uh, the mayor doesn't care. Um, UPenn doesn't care. They hide behind these glossy reports. 
um, that say what they want them to say. But still, and yet, we don't have justice. Now, uh, Dr. Bettergold, who is the Philadelphia Health Commissioner, has been on the show many times, been in the pastor's office many times, and I find her to be uh, very approachable, and, and I find I found her to be actually quite helpful, uh, at least in dealing with these issues of the pandemic. Have you been able, you and your team, been able to get a, a meeting with her? Because I, I know that her predecessor gotten, had a lot of issues relative to this situation. Uh, she hasn't stepped in at all to try to assist? No, no. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I can't, I, I don't have anything negative to say. I just answer your question matter-of-factly, and that's mm-hmm. no. I mean, we we um, we're in a position right now where if this is an awkward position, Pastor, and I think you appreciate this more. And I'm glad we're in your pastor's office having this discussion, mm-hmm. where it's very emotional um, because the city took these girls away. I mean, they bombed them, they took them away, and then the city allowed them to be prostituted. For the, I don't have a better term to describe it. And now the city is just refusing to even allow us to bury them. And you know you can never, you can never begin really to to grieve That's right. um, properly. That's right. And it's just such an unfortunate situation. And I don't think that people understand the impacts of systemic racism over generations. But here you have a bombing that happened in '85, and you have a young man today who's still living with that pain every single day. And it's just it's it's difficult. It affects his relationships. It affects his work. It affects the way that he raises his kids. It affects you know everything because he hasn't been able to grieve and um, grieve the very um, violent death of his of, of these young beautiful. I look at the pictures of these sisters when they were younger. They were just young beautiful black girls, and I think about my own and think about the violent way they were taken and the fact they still have not been buried and they still are not able to rest in peace. Let's put some names to this. Uh, the young ladies' names are Katricia and Zanetta. Katricia was 12 years old. Zanetta was 14 years old uh, when the bomb hit the move compound. Uh, and if you recall, uh, Philly's favorite listeners, uh, I, rem- I-, I can vividly see in my mind that whole city block burning. I can see it in my mind. I remember I remember when they finally started letting people drive back through. I remember driving past and seeing the destruction. Lionel's sisters were killed in that fire. 1985, May 13th. And these remains, I need you to get the gravity of this situation. These remains have been used by UPenn since that time. Students have gotten grades, written papers. Think about this, please. This man just wants his family back. And I'm struggling to try to figure out. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, this is not going to be the last interview. I'm going to reach out to the city because I want a city official to tell me why they're not interceding and figuring out how to get these remains back to to the Dotson family. I'm not trying to be their attorney. I'm not trying to get publicity. This is is just sickening to me. And and, and attorney sellers, I I need you to help me understand— Let's let's look down the road. I mean, I know you're working with a Philadelphia attorney here um, that that actually called you into the cases you shared very eloquently earlier. Uh, but what do we see as a timeline? Do we see any breakthrough coming anytime soon? I mean, talk to me about where you think this is going to go, and do you see a potential lawsuit as a result of this? Well, I can reverse engineer. The answer is yes. Uh, we are going to file a legal action. I mean, the University of Pennsylvania is. I mean, that this is. 
I mean, this is beyond unjust. I mean, regardless of, of the city of Philadelphia having those remains right now, we want the city of Philadelphia to do us right. We want them to bring Mr. Dotson up, let him get his remains, let him fly back home. I mean, that's it. Uh, that's what we want out of the city. It, it ain't that complicated. That's right. Um, and we want them to produce. They they have an investigation. It's um, should be making its way to completion. It was supposed to be done six months ago. Um, they need an explanation on why it's taken so long, and we just need to see a fair, complete investigation. And then UPenn is going to, you know, they are, you know, they 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 are the ones who we will um, target with great veracity because I, I don't. And this is what this is what Pastor somebody's going to have to help me understand. I don't understand the fetishing of black bodies. Like, why? What is it about the black remains or the remains of? of black girls that makes you want to travel with them and makes you want to raise money off them and makes you want to just keep them in your possession and on your, I just don't understand it. Um, and it, it, it bothers me truly. And so, yeah, we'll be doing all of those things, but uh, the university of Pennsylvania is, is the largest contributor to the systemic racism that we still see from the move bombing in 1985. And just, just a couple more things, and then we're going to let you go. And again, we're talking to Bacar, Attorney Bakari Sellers. Uh, he's representing Lionel Dotson. Lionel Dotson is attempting to get the remains uh, of his sisters, Katricia and Zanetta, back so he can give them a proper burial. They were killed in the move bombing on May 13th, uh, 1985, right here in the city of Philadelphia. You know, Thomas Farley, uh, who was the former health commissioner, uh, this was one of the things that triggered his dismissal. Uh, or, or, or him leaving as uh, commissioner of Philadelphia, uh, I just would have thought by now somebody in city city leadership. And again, they've all been on the show. They all help us tremendously when we reach out. But I, I I'm just not seeing why there's a roadblock here and why this investigation. You know the crazy the crazy thing about this pastor. I'm, I apologize for interrupting. No, go right ahead. One of the things one of the things that Lionel would love, and you know, one of the reasons that. Uh, we were yelling from outside, and I understand they weren't too thrilled with our press conference, and that's fine. I, I'm not coming to Philadelphia to make people feel comfortable about systemic racism. That's right. But I, we, we would appreciate the mayor reaching out or, or someone reaching out and just expressing condolences or you know, making sure that it's just going to take a little bit longer. Maybe the mayor can shake his hand and look him in the face and I listen to him for five minutes and understand the pain that he feels. And so, you know, it's just those type of things that it's a level of empathy and a level of humanity that for some reason, you know, it's not just Philadelphia. It's not just Pennsylvania. I'm from South Carolina. You know, you know, we just took the Confederate flag down not long ago. But That's right. for some reason, we're not able to give people that humanity and respect they deserve. And that's you know, that's my fight. That's my charge. One thing I, I just want you to clear up for me, you said that they've been able to take those remains around and raise money off of them. Can you help me understand how do you raise money off of remains? I, so what they what we what we understand the University of Pennsylvania to do is not just different studies, not you just use them in classroom, but as they had fundraisers for particular departments or whatever, a part of that dealt with the fact that they had these uh, and they didn't have a name. And, you know, the the crazy part about it is that the city does make me upset with this. You have to pray for me. But they refer to them as specimens. Mm. And and we're like, they're not specimens. These are human beings. These are little black girls, right? And they would have fundraisers, et cetera. And, and 
you know, I, it, it's a question of whether or not they would be on display. Understood. Understood. Well, uh, Attorney Sellers, I, I want you to know that I'm going to get my producers on this uh, right away. And again, we're not looking for publicity. We want to help as best we can shine some light on this. And we're going to ask the mayor to come on. We're going to ask Dr. Bettigold to come on. And they may tell us no, but I want you to know they're going to get the request. Philadelphians deserve to understand why this is happening. You've shared that in, in your opinion and the opinion of the family, this is systemic racism. I don't know how you can look at it any other way. I don't know how you can look at it any other way. And after a family has been through so much hell, excuse me, but that's what they've been through, uh, having to relive over and over again what happened on May 13th, give them back their relatives. Give them back little Katricia. Give them back Zanetta. Let the Dotson family bury them and let them begin to get closure on this situation. Uh, Attorney Sellers, thank you for coming in and shedding light on this. Please keep us posted on your end, and we'll certainly do it on ours because we are following up on this story. I appreciate you. And let me just ask you to keep keep the Dotson family in your prayers. Keep keep uh, Daniel Harstein and, and myself in your prayers. And thank you for always being a voice for the voiceless. God bless you, my friend. While listening to Phyllis, Son.